it's Karami and Cassandra and we're too, too good, good to, to be, be true. true and before we get started since we like to be really transparent with our listeners we want to let you know that we're taking a short break and by short I mean very short it's only going to be one episode one week one episode so next week January 5th we're not going to have any new episode released but we'll be back on January 12th um, it's just been, a, you know, a rough couple of months for us. Cassandra's had a lot of family stuff. She had a loss. And yeah. I was... It's been a lot going on. You were sick. And I was very, very ill. Yeah. And then the holidays came up, and we're both still employed full-time. So we just got a little overwhelmed. And rather than burn out and make bad episodes, we're going to take a short break and give ourselves some time to relax. But we will be back January 12th with a new episode. And if at any point in time we're going to take any other breaks, we'll let you know just like this. And the only other thing that I'm working on, if you noticed, a couple of our early episodes kind of disappeared, but they really haven't disappeared. We still have them. I'm just going to try to work on fixing the audio on some of our earlier episodes from where we had audio issues and technical difficulties and we just didn't have a good enough setup to get everything going and we kind of just dove into it head first and so we weren't really that great in the beginning but I'm going to work on those and the ones that have been missing I'll probably just pop back in as bonus episodes whenever we finally get started on doing like our subscription content yeah, that's and stuff. Like a good I'll probably just—they'll still be there, but yeah. they don't really fit how we've, you know, we've we kind of kind of went evolved. to a different yeah. format. Yeah, yeah, and they don't really so. fit, so we're gonna do that. And we, I don't, I don't really feel like we should just delete them entirely. I think they still have a lot of good information in them. Oh yeah, the audio really. just sucks. I so. agree. I thought they were actually they were funny, and I thought they were cute. Yeah, they were. They're just a different. Type of type of format, format and style. And also, and they were reading. like our very first two, so they're not the the greatest yeah. technical wise. But yeah, but I'm gonna work on that, and yeah. then they'll be re released um, at some point, as well as some of our other earlier episodes. I'm not going to really take them down. I'm just going to enhance the audio and then just replace the files so that they sound a little better too. So in the coming weeks, if you see things down and back up, that's what's going on. And with that, we move on to the actual episode. And this episode, we're going to be focusing on Hush Puppy. Hush um, Puppy? <laughs> that's his... Is that his nickname? No, no well, he, kind of. That's his, his handle that he went by online. Oh, His real okay. name is Ramon Abbas. So, and I was getting to that, but... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Hush Puppy? <laughs> Who was that dude? <laughs> All right, we're going to dive know, right just in. just like some people think my name is Quesadilla, Quesadilla and Carmart. Who would name their kid that? Apparently your parents. I guess so. And diving right in. Hush Puppy was born Ramon Olorunga Abbas on October 19, in October 1982 in Lagos, Nigeria. He grew up in Owaranshoki or Owaro as locals call it, which is probably what I'll be calling it just because that is easier, easier for me say. in my native language. Yeah. Although, shout out to my little second or third grade boyfriend who was from Nigeria, who taught me a little bit about how to say Nigerian words. And I friend zoned you, and I am sorry, but I was also nine and not ready for a relationship. So, (laughs) and he's like, 
a big fitness guy now. I think he's in Philly. He has his own gym and stuff. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway. Moving on. So, like I said, Hush Puppy, a.k.a. Ramona Boss, was born in Lagos, Nigeria. And so the town that he grew up in, this Owaro, it's located on the western edge of Lagos Lagoon. According to his associate, Ishmaela Mustafa, who goes by Monfa, his father still works as a taxi driver in Lagos. And I found out that his mother sold bread. I don't know if she's still doing that. I don't know if she's even still Like alive. on the streets, like on a cart? Yeah, I guess. Like... That's, all I, that's all I got was she sold bread. But, I mean, it's kind of an impoverished area, so yeah. that would make sense. So she wouldn't have a whole storefront. Right. And Ramon himself used to make a living selling secondhand clothes in Lagos. So he'd grow and uh, grab the cheapest designer items he could find in local shops, and then he'd sell them to others in the area at a markup to get himself to profit. To get profit off of yeah. it. Yeah. And then in 2014, he ended up leaving Lagos to go to Kuala Lumpur to work on his online scams. But that wasn't before he created his online persona, Hush Puppy. Hush Puppy. So Hush Puppy was actually just his Instagram handle. And he set it up in 2012, which is when Instagram was introduced. But he just didn't use it. He wasn't really on. Like it was just sitting there. Yeah, he wasn't really using Instagram until all of his scamming stuff started to take off and he had shit to brag about. And then all of a sudden Hush Puppy became like a big deal. And he was largely considered to be a Yahoo boy, which is Nigerian. (laughs) It's Nigerian slang for online fraudsters. And he... They have a name for it. Yes, they do. And I'll get into it more so later. So fraud must happen a lot there if yep, they have a name it for does. It. And I'm going to get into more of an explanation on the Yahoo Boys later. But for now, we'll just leave it as that's what he was considered. In Dollar. Nigeria, was a Yahoo Boy, a.k.a. an online scammer. And what he did was commit a lot of BEC scams. So we ask, what is a BEC scam? Yeah, what is a BEC scam? BEC is an acronym for Business Email Compromise. This particular scam starts with a phishing email sent to employees at a company. And then one of the companies, one of the companies, one of the employees, I am distracted by my cat, everyone. She's up here being She's a pain. So, doing her sorry. But, so they send this phishing email to a company, to various employees. One of the employees will fall for the phishing email and they'll click something and go do something that they really shouldn't do. And that's when which. Every business warned you about, so why I was would, just going to say, too, this? like, those stupid online courses that they force a lot of people to take about online security, y'all actually pay attention Pay attention. Literally, they even had us do that when we worked at Tractor Supply. Mm-hmm. And, like, people think that it's common sense. Like, oh, I don't need to watch that. I already know. But the thing is, you don't. They are getting better and better by the day, and they're looking more Correct. and more legit. So when your company rolls out new training for you, just take it and pay attention to it so that you can spot this stuff. So once the uh, initial employee goes ahead and falls for this phishing scam, at that point, the scammer will begin to monitor incoming and outgoing emails, and they'll determine who they want to send some false emails to. So they just, they don't act right away. They sit there with access to your email, and they see... What's coming in? What's going out? What is your normal communication? Who talks to who? So they're really like what's going to be the most putting believable. a lot into it. Yeah, and what who they can send like an invoice or a wire transfer request to to make it look the most legitimate. 
They're doing their research. Then the scammer uses the employee's email to send out a legitimate looking invoice or wire transfer request to another company while changing the banking information to their own. So they're saying, oh, wire $5 million to Gucci, but really but then they're putting the banking their information, information in, yeah. their personal information. And then the scammer receives the money and they quickly move it to other accounts overseas. So that it can't be easily... Right, it can't tracked. be easily clawed back. It's yeah. It's gone. 50%, 50% half of all BEC scams originate in Nigeria. Wow. So well, that makes sense that they have a name for those people. Yes. Yahoo boys. Mm-hmm. And I actually have a personal experience with this type of scam that I'll go over. And this happened, I want to say, over the summer. It was It was very recent. It was either in the spring or the summer. But I received an email from a secretary at a local insurance agent's office in the town that I work in. And I regularly dealt with that insurance agent and that secretary, and I was familiar with her. And I knew I'd never received an invoice from her before. And my position's not in accounting. Anything that we have to pay or receive or whatever, that's going to go through accounting, that would go not through loan operations. Anytime we get a phone call like that, because you'll sometimes at your job, they'll even try to call. And anytime we get a call about anything like that, I'm like, that doesn't go through us directly. Right. Do you remember the one time these people called and I was just like, you know, you're calling a bank, right? And they just hung up. <laughs> but anyway, this lady sends me this email and it's, it was like, the, it was like, this is the invoice for something. Please confirm or whatever. And I was like, what? Yeah, like, I would definitely like, think something she, weird's like, going on. send me this stuff. So rather than going off any information in the email, which this is also important, you do not take the information from the email because they can replace a legitimate phone number with their phone with number. With their own. And then when you yeah. call them, you think you're talking to said secretary and you're really talking to somebody God knows where who's going to take your money. So I looked up the phone number that we had on file already internally at the bank for this insur- insurance agent. That's the best thing to always do. And I called and I talked to her. And I asked her, I was like, did you send me this email for this invoice? Like, that doesn't sound like you. And she's like, I absolutely did not. She's like, I'm so confused because I keep getting emails from people at your bank telling me yes or no. And I don't know what they're talking about. So I let her know what, like whether or not they were okay with the invoice. And so I let her know, you know, hey, your email's definitely been compromised. And that is a problem. And you need to get that sorted out right away. So she, yeah you know, was going to let people know that that email wasn't really from her, change her passwords, get their computers scanned for malware, viruses, and stuff like that. And then after that, I forwarded the entire email to my IT department so that they could be aware of what was going on and they could block the emails or at least get some educational information out to others at my financial institution so that they would know to ignore the emails because this lady was telling me people were replying. Oh, my gosh. So I knew it was a big deal. I'm like, at this point, it didn't just come to me. It had gone to other people. To multiple people. And some of them were falling for it. So we need to stop this. And she luckily got everything under control. We didn't lose any money. Everything was fine. But it happens. You think it'll never happen to you. But it does. (laughs) It happens. And it's important to be aware of how these scammers operate. Since BEC scams alone account for 40% of all cyber crimes that take place in the U.S. Wow. So, again, almost half that's, of yeah, all that's scams that are half. taking place are these BEC scams because these scammers realize there's bigger money 
in companies than just scamming Margaret down the street. Exactly, yeah. And that makes sense because you're going to get more money from a company than you are from just an individual. Mm -hmm. So after he ended up going to Malaysia, eventually he ends up in Dubai where he spent time with fellow influencer Monfa, which we, we talked about we him. We just talked about him. Earlier. Yes, Monfa. So he was, like, big on... He, he, he liked to post his lavish things, his cars, his jewelry, his designer clothes, rides on helicopters, private flights, vacations he was taking. But he also had kind of a penchant for online beef. Really liked like to get into... fights Yeah, he really people. liked to get in fights with people. And I'm not going to get into all of that because it doesn't, it's not really relevant to his crimes. to his crimes. But I found it kind of funny. Like, he really likes to get into fights with people. He really liked to, like... And there's legitimately, like... Piss people off There's entire diss tracks about him. Like, people have actually made songs about how much they hate him. And... Roll to us playing one. That would be so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, him and Mumfa end up with, in a fight, of course. And Mumfa claimed that a boss had taken advantage of him. He claimed that he had given a boss a place to stay in Dubai and sponsored his visa, but a boss then used Monfa's personal accounts to commit fraudulent acts, which landed Monfa in jail. I wouldn't be happy about that either, but I kind of, I'm not sure how innocent Monfa really is. Yeah. And despite all this, a boss's fame continued to grow, and he was basically a celebrity back home in Nigeria. At one point, he made a post on Instagram captioning it, Letter to the Ghetto Kid. It went on to say, as a man that I am today, who developed from being one of you guys who went through the same struggles you are presently going through, I know the society do not expect you to make it. I am you, you are me. I represent every underprivileged kid in the world, and especially of Nigeria, in Lagos, and of Bariga, and Owarinshoki, which I don't know if I'm saying that one right. I'm trying. Sounds good to me. And all of his fame got him noticed by luxury brands. He was sent gifts ranging from a fancy birthday cakes to staying at the Ritz Paris so for he's fashion getting, week. Like, he's getting some perks. Perks. He was and getting. And... He's getting watches, cars, designer clothes, trips, and he actually just because of the like lavish life that he was posting mm-hmm. on his Instagram. Yep, that's it. So that's like, it. it. Made him look like he was yeah, like, like an he was a billionaire. He called himself like... the billionaire Gucci master. A billionaire Gucci master. And for some reason, these luxury brands never questioned where any of his money came from. And they were just like, oh, he's cool. And they sent him gifts. They were like, oh, he looks like he's living the life. So they didn't even question where the money was coming from. They were just like, oh, Mm -hmm. all right, we'll send him gifts. Yeah, well, he got to stay at the Ritz Paris for Fashion Week, a trip that was paid for entirely by Louis Vuitton, who treated a boss as a VIP guest. That's crazy. Home week, Fashion Week in Paris, and he got to stay at a fancy hotel as a vip guest in like a suite yeah yeah he was a vip guest of louis vuitton you know they gave him everything he wanted louis vuitton's not exactly known for being cheap for sure then in 2018 he married 32 year old shawana nakisha chapman but he did this only to gain citizenship to saint kitts and nevis which is in the caribbean it's a caribbean island all right caribbean however you want to say it they were married in October 2018 in Nigeria, and since Chapman is a citizen of St. Kitts and Nevis, a boss was granted citizenship. However, the marriage was never legitimate with a boss marrying Chapman for citizenship and Chapman marrying a boss for the money, which she has stated herself. That's not speculation. She, she went on TikTok right out and, said that. and did like an Ask Me Anything 
and said, yes, I married him for the money. That was it. She was just laying it all out there, I guess. And there were rumors that a boss had obtained citizenship through citizenship by investment, which means he would have fast-tracked his passport by paying for an accelerated application process. But St. Kitts and Nevis officials officially stated... Like, that that's not true. Okay. He didn't he didn't pay for anything extra. He wasn't granted citizenship by paying his way in. He was granted citizen citizenship through marriage. And then according to Chapman, who now lives in North Carolina in the US, they were married for two years, but they are no longer married. Hmm. Then in January two thousand nineteen, a boss was contacted by Golub Alamari a Canadian-American fraudster living in Ontario who had been helping to cash out these BEC scams for years, and he'd even scammed a university out of $10 million back in 2017. Good Lord! Yeah. And he he was, like, well-known for cashing out these BEC scams for people. He was that guy. And, he was, like, the go-to yeah. person for that. And all and Mary, who went by G, Backwood, and Big Boss online... Asked a boss. The names these people are using. <laughs> no. He asked a boss who went by Hush Puppy 5 on Snapchat to set him up with bank accounts in Europe that he could wire 5 million pounds to without attracting attention. So he wants accounts that are well known to have large funds in them because then it won't be suspicious. You know, you can transfer all look. of this money in there yeah. and don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. This money from Olimary was set to arrive on February 12th, and a boss was able to give him the details to a Romanian bank account. And the money that was deposited came from yet another BEC scam. And what had happened in this one? Scammers had posed as French regulators, and they sent phishing emails to the Bank of Valletta in Malta. Okay. And then, of course, an employee unfortunately fell for the phishing emails and clicked something they shouldn't have clicked which gave the scammers access, access to the to bank's everything. secure payment system. Yeah. The U.S. government claims that the hackers involved in this scam were agents of the North Korean government. So he, yeah, they do they do say that he had been working with them. That with people in North Korea? Yeah, North Korean people government? working for the state. Yeah, I mean, North Korea is not exactly known for the way they go about things being legal. legal. So yeah. that doesn't really shock me too much. Then in early February 2019, Olimary contacted a boss again, stating that he now needed up to six different bank accounts in Europe that could each receive large amounts of money, and a boss was able to provide just one more bank account, this time in Bulgaria. Unfortunately for the scammers, they were only able to move £500,000 to the Romanian bank account controlled by a boss because the Bank of Valletta realized that they had been hacked and that the scammers had moved 13 million pounds, and they acted quickly. They immediately shut down their entire electronic system and began working on getting the money back. And according to the bank, they did get most of it back. Well, that's good. At least they got most of it yeah, back. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Seems Acting like quickly is the thing. Seems like they found it pretty quickly, so that's good for them. And guess what? What? In April of 2019, Ella Mary's back with another scam! Of course! This time, the amount was to be $300,000 coming from an English Premier League team. And the scammers were going to swap out bank account details on weekly installments of $100,000. Oh, 
A boss provided Alamary with bank account details in Mexico to begin receiving payments, but the UK banks were refusing to send funds to that account. They were like, mm, this doesn't Something check out. seems not right here, yeah. So they said no, and that didn't quite work, and Alamary told him that it's not working, and he was just like, oh, dang. All dang. Like, literally, <laughs> his text to all Mary back was like, damn. <laughs> we didn't care. I mean, scams come and go. I'll get another yeah, one. Yeah, he's like, we'll find something else. On October 15th, 2019, either a boss or someone associated with him redirected a payment that was intended for a client of a New York law firm. So here we go again. Holy shit. It's like one thing after another. The client of this bank had refinanced real estate and an employee of, sorry, law firm and an employee of the law firm emailed to confirm wire details, and they were then sent a fax with instructions. Like I said, look up your own information. Don't take yeah, it right don't off take the page. it word for word off the page. Look it up. The fax to make sure that it's correct. The yeah. fax listed a phone number, which the employee called to confirm again before wiring the money. And she thought she was speaking with the client, but she was actually speaking with a boss himself, or possibly just someone working with him. She's not sure. Yeah. $922,857.76 was unwired to a Chase bank account controlled by a boss who had used BEC to insert himself into the transaction. Of course. Of course. After he needed his cut. Yeah. And after receiving the wired funds, a boss quickly moved the money into other accounts. He moved more than a third of the money to an account at the Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, and the rest was distributed to other accounts. Then he sends Alamary an image of a $396,000 transfer to confirm with him. After the money was sent, Alamary confirmed with a third person that the wire had actually come through and then messaged the boss who asked him to confirm by sending a screenshot of the funds. Alamary told him he would send him the screenshot, but he was deplaning at the moment. He had just arrived at an airport, and so right. he would wait until he but was like- off the plane. So, when they're spreading this money all around at these different banks, are they then transferring that money to themselves? Not all of it. I mean, there's not there's all a it. ton of people involved, involved in these kinds in of schemes. That's what I was trying to figure and out. The like, money... Are they splitting it amongst, like, a bunch of people? Mm-hmm. Or... Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, I was like, I'm sure that... that the higher-ups are getting, of course, the biggest cut, and then it trickles down. And then it kind know? of, like, and I down. And a, a boss was one of the... The higher up, the higher dudes. up people. I mean, he wasn't like the tippy top, but he was high enough. Because I was up wondering if that other guy this. takes his cut before he sends it to the other bank. I'm sure he does. And all Mary agreeing to the screenshot was not able to actually send it because as he got off the plane, he was on. He was arrested by the FBI. Well, well. <laughs> the following day, Malfa was arrested at a Nigerian airport by agents from EFCC. And that stands for the Economic and Financial Crimes Commission. So they're catching up with all of They're getting there. They've been watching them. He was charged with both fraud and money laundering. And a boss then posted again on Instagram on October 25th, right after all this went down, captioning his photo taken in a Rolls-Royce dealership. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you know, if you're familiar, but Rolls-Royces, they ain't cheap. No. It's a very luxurious car. Very luxury car. So he is in this dealership and he says, In life, we all at a point will go through trial times. Don't be quick to mock anyone or use anyone's trial time as tool to chase clout. Yours will come and you might not survive it. 
We all look up to God to guide and get us through these times. I wish and pray for everyone in every part of the world going through a dark time to come out of it and become better people. And God be with their families. Because he's such an upstanding he's citizen. He's really an upstanding citizen for sure. But not really. By April 2020, the FBI was onto a boss and another scammer, Ponley, who went by Mr. Woodbury online. Mr. Woodbury. Mr. Woodbury. The high-tech organized crime unit was analyzing all of Mary's devices after his arrest, and it led them right to a boss's phones and accounts because they were idiots. Literally. They used no encryption. They didn't use anything that, like, blocked anything whatsoever. They were just just straight-up texting each other and and Snapchatting. Yeah, like we do. Like, not Hmm. trying to hide a damn thing they were doing. And so his accounts and everything, when they went through... stupid. When they went through all of Mary's phone... Right there were all these texts right from Hush Puppy and Snapchats from him. Everything, all his accounts, all his phone numbers, everything right there. So they got right into it. And there was also proof of Ponley being involved with bank accounts and Bitcoin wallets used in BEC attacks. So the FBI began working with United Arab Emirates authorities because remember at this point in time he's living in luxury in dubai he's not in nigeria or united states he's in dubai he's living there and fbi begins working with those authorities to surveil both men and their associates in dubai then on june 8th 2020 between midnight and 1 a.m the dubai police swat team stormed a boss's apartment at the palazzo versace dubai now a boss had that's pretty serious had brought other friends from Nigeria to to like hang out with him in Dubai and this other guy who went by Pack was staying with him and so he was just kind of chilling in the living room watching TV when all this went down like he had no idea like he what wasn't was going. involved in he, any of it as he far as I'm there. aware he wasn't involved he said that a boss only ever presented himself to him as a businessman and he told him that in Dubai, he was a real estate developer. He didn't say, I'm involved in scam and fraud. Now, as far as how true that is, I don't know, because only these two dudes know no, what words what were exchanged between them. Was, but this yeah. guy claims that he had no idea that a boss was in on any of this, and he thought he was a legitimate real estate developer, and so he was like, okay, I'm going to go with you to Dubai, and I'm going to try and work on a better life. Well, on this June 8th in 2020, that all comes crashing down is... They storm in, and a boss was arrested along with 11 others in six simultaneous stings. So they did them all at the same time? Yep, they, were, they just went, they went hard on it. Pretty hardcore. The police confiscated 47 phones, 21 laptops. 47 phones? <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> 21 laptops, $7 million worth of cars, 15 memory storage devices, 5 external hard drives, 800,000 emails of potential victims, and $40 million of cash in suitcases. A boss. That's and- <laughs> a lot of... I'm, I'm just taking that all in. Take it all in. That that's is... A lot for... That's a lot of that's stuff. That's a lot of stuff to have in one place. A boss and Ponley were then flown to Chicago, again in the U.S., for those of you who are not U.S. listeners. That's in the U.S., And the other 10 men disappeared into the United Arab Emirates justice system. According to PAC, they were shuffled around from one prison to another for five months before being transferred to immigration custody. And they just told them, find your own flights home, get out. 
<laughs> I mean. I don't really blame them. Yeah. I mean, it sounds fair. But the Dubai police, I don't know. I don't. They seem sketch too. Because they were so, so proud of themselves for what they had done. They released a video about the raids titled Operation Fox Hunt 2. Fox Hunt 1 was another roundup of fraudsters the previous February that was completely unrelated to this raid, so I don't know why they just slapped a 2 on there. I slapped a 2 on it. They were but, like, you know, this is the second one. Yeah, so this is Operation Fox Hunt 2. And they made a whole production of it, and they're very proud of themselves. Try to get their clout, you know? <laughs> I, I don't even know. I, I, I have no words for why you would do that. But after they go to Chicago... A boss is then transferred to Los Angeles to face charges of money laundering and wire fraud. Ponley's charges were initially dismissed without prejudice, which, if you're dismissed without prejudice, that means that the charges can be refiled later on. And so oh. they probably will be doing that. They, they initially dismissed it without prejudice, but they're expecting that the prosecutor will most likely refile these charges at some point. We just don't know when that's going to happen. On July 28th, 2021, a boss pleaded guilty to money laundering, and he also snitched. He snitched. He turned in... Who doesn't? <laughs> he, he turned in Deputy Commissioner of Police of Nigeria, Abba Kiari. Kiari was an accomplice in a boss's so... $1.1 million scam deal, and the FBI was granted a warrant for Kiari's arrest. Let me get this right. He had someone else... Of, like, higher stature that was involved in all of this. Yep, and we're going to get into that very, very shortly. On November 8th, 2022, so very recently, a boss was sentenced to 135 months in prison, which is more than 11 years. He's going to federal prison for more than 11 years. Now, moving on to this other guy. A boss and the other scammers' arrests ended up shedding light on another major issue police corruption in Nigeria. I was going to say, this is leading into something, so apparently there's a lot of that down there, too. In Nigeria. It's bad. So as I stated earlier, boys like a boss were referred to as Yahoo boys in local slang. The term originated in the early 2000s. Young men in Nigeria would all go to cyber cafes in Bariga, which is a neighborhood adjacent to the one that a boss grew up in. And the young men started off simply chatting online, going into, you know, chat rooms and whatever, and trying to make friends. But as soon as they would tell people they were Nigerian, those people would stop talking to them because of the whole Nigerian prince scam that went around in the 90s. They just all assumed Nigerian means scammer. They just assumed they were just scammers. Eventually, the boys began to run scams because they needed money. Unemployment was at a, a high, and they just... they figured what the hell like, people what the hate hell? us anyway These people hate us already they yeah. think we're scamming them anyway might as well so they began to run these scams out of free yahoo email accounts hence earning the nickname yahoo boys so that's where that comes from they targeted what they called magas which is slang that's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> it's slang for gullible people or easy marks and this all happened long before Trump's candidacy or presidency in the U.S., so terms are not That's related. So, I just find it a little but ironic. But it's honestly so fitting, right? It's kind of funny. It is funny. But they are sure. unrelated. Olenka Akanle, a sociology professor at the University... University? University. University 
of Ibadan said, cybercrime is a metaphor for a more deep-seated and deep-rooted problem in Nigeria. When people face survival challenges, they innovate. And when they innovate, if there is no system to address their innovation in a very decisive way, it becomes the norm. The EFCC, which we talked about already. I mean, that makes sense. It does. And the EFCC, which we talked about already, investigates digital fraud and money laundering. But in the 2000s, with the rise of cybercrime, the Special Anti-Robbery Squad, or SARS, which was established in the 90s to address robberies and kidnappings, began to pursue cyber criminals as well. The unit is heavily armed and is well known for its extortion and torture of suspects. Torture? Torture. They're not great. That's a bit intense. They're kind of awful. They also accuse people of fraud with no proof or evidence. So they're just like, they just roll up on people like, you. You're doing fraud. Right. (laughs) Well, they began to arrest and then they would actually kill anyone who looked like a Yahoo boy. Like, without any proof? No proof. This led to them arresting and killing innocent people. Yep. It got to a point where they would arrest or kill young businessmen that they saw walking with a cell phone or a laptop because they just assumed what they the were young boys. What the fucking hell? And there's this guy, Matthew Page, who studies Nigerian corruption as an associate fellow at Chatham House in London, which, according to its website, lists itself as a world-leading policy institute with a mission to help governments and societies build a sub- sustainably secure, prosperous, and just world. And I didn't really know how to twist that around and we're not going to talk that much about them so literally i took that right off the site i mean that's just what they say word for word that's how they explained it that's what they do okay page himself has said that has been the worst side effect of a rise in cybercrime the vilification of a lot of people fingered as yahoo boys with no real no reason with no real evidence whatsoever Meanwhile, Hush Puppy is living the good life in Dubai, and some insurance salesman is getting shot in the head in a back alley in Lagos because the police That's have decided so he's a Yahoo twisted. boy. Yeah, it's it's horrible. So, in October of 2020, after all this stuff went down, protests broke out in Nigeria. Rightfully so. Well, the thing that really triggered it was a video of an extra extra do Jesus, I can't even say it, extra judicial killing, which. The word that I cannot say, apparently, extrajudicial, means that they have no right. They have no proof. They have no evidence. This man has not been tried in court. They have no right, but they kill him But anyway. they just kill him. Yeah. So there was a video of one of those killings of a suspected Yahoo boy, and it was posted online. So people began... Like, for everyone to see. For everyone to see. Sick. So, so people began to protest SARS, which is that unit. And there's so weird because don't we use SARS? SARS is um SARS is COVID. SARS is coronavirus. SARS is like that's just the the acronym for something related to to that. I was like, I thought we used SARS at the bank, like with the same thing you were talking about before, like robbery and theft. Oh no, that's different. That's like like that's the AML, like the anti money laundering and um, secrecy acts and stuff like that. No, we don't actually use that term, and we definitely don't have 
um, a really well-armed bunch of people that just go kill people in just the street go. for the hell of it. I was like, I was real confused because I was like, um, we don't have a unit like that, do we? Like, no, we do not sick. have a unit like that, and we don't have anything called SARS other than viruses. Okay. <laughs> this is not us. Um, there is a whole generation of young Nigerians who are all treated like they're scammers and fraudsters simply for having an iPhone. So... Rightfully so. They're getting pissed about this. Simply for having a little they, bit of money. They have a cell walking phone. Walking around with a cell phone. Yeah. Actually trying to not be scammers. Or wearing like a business suit looking like they do some sort of, mm-hmm. you know, And so this job. unit is just taking them out. And Akonlay is quoted as saying, It was so bad that if you use an iPhone, they think you are a Yahoo guy. There is a profiling that has made it very difficult for the youth to breathe. Yeah, it sounds like it. Like, that's a pretty vague profile. Like, maybe do some more work. Like, I can't imagine you know, just being like, hey, he's black and he's got an iPhone. Time to get him. Time to just shoot him down, I guess. It's crazy. Well, after 10 days of protests on October 11th, 2020, the government agreed to a dissolution of SARS. Thank God. Just days later, the police opened fire on protesters, killing 12 fucking joking i i want to say i wish i was but i wouldn't joke about that i just wish that, that didn't is happen. like the most just it's horrible and horrible shit i've ever and heard. it's like it's people like this hush puppy like ramon a boss who mm-hmm. are creating this problem they're creating the problem he's fucking off to dubai and scamming people and, and living leaving the good these life other people behind who are to take killed. the fall yep. for these people that are actually doing the scamming because they're just running away to these fancy places mm-hmm. so yeah he's like hush puppies out there hush puppying it up living the good life posting all this stuff on instagram Meanwhile, these other boys are dying because of people like him, but... It's truly fucked up. I mean, just because you see it on Instagram doesn't make it real. You see somebody with this lavish lifestyle and all these designer clothes and watches and private jets and flying all over and everything, and you can't just take it at face value because, in the end, it is too good to be true. Truly is. He doesn't really have all that money. He doesn't, he's not really famous. He's just completely bullshitting. He's stealing from he's people. bullshitting and stealing and being fake. And-, and it's creating a problem in his home country. So with that said, guys, as always, if it seems, seems too, too good, good to, to be, be true, true, it is. And you can find us on our socials. As always, Facebook, we are Too Good To Be True Podcast. Instagram and TikTok, we are Too Good To Be True Pod you'd like to send us an email for any questions suggestions um cases you want us to cover if you have any stories you've been scammed you know someone who's been scammed you work in banking whatever we love to hear any and all of that yep shoot us an email it's too good to be true pod at outlook.com i took out the survey link because no one has done it and it's not worth my time anymore to keep bringing it up so we don't have that We do still have the support button if you want to give us like a monthly tip, something like that, uh, to get us some better soundproofing and better equipment so we sound even better yet. And we do still have the voice note button. So if you go to our main webpage at the anchor.fm slash too good to be true pod, 
I think. <laughs> Sounds right. No, no. It is, is just anchor.fm slash too good to be true. Okay. That's it. If you go there and you want to leave us a little voice note, you can actually speak to us in your own words and you can let us know whether or not you want us to play it on the episode. That would be really cool because we haven't had one of yeah, those. Yeah, we haven't had one of those yet, but it would be cool if we did get one. And we don't care if you think your voice sucks because we think our voices suck. Everyone does. Everyone thinks their voice sucks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone thinks and that. And some of us are right. And that's fine <laughs> because we still have good things to say. Yeah. But that's all we got. And as a reminder, we will not have a new episode next week on January 5th. So look for us on January 12th. We'll be back fresh-faced, not overwhelmed, and hopefully with no neighbors being drunk idiots in the background that I have to keep pausing from. Thanks. Bye. Bye. picked those up and I went to check out and I got this kid and I've had this kid before and he's like the sweetest most polite young man like he talks to people while he's checking them out and he's just right. like what do you do with this how do you make this oh does this taste good I've never had this before like he just talks cool I got this kid so while I'm standing there he's checking out this lady that's got a whole cartload of stuff and she does not have her shit together Oh, God. She is, like, sliding this card and then this card and this card and this card and doesn't have any money on them. Finally, she gets some of it paid for. And then she tells him, well, I have to go get the rest of my money. And he's just like, um, uh, okay. So she leaves, and he's standing there trying to ask this other cashier, is there a way to suspend her transaction? Right. No. I mean, I've worked retail enough to know that you can suspend it before they pay, but you cannot suspend it after they've already paid already a portion. Of either, at that point, you've either got to complete it or void it out. Those are your only options. So I told the kid, I was like, I'm fine waiting. Like, it's fine. I think it'll actually be faster if you just wait on her to get her card and come back in because you're going to be stuck rearing it all if you cancel it. And he's like, okay. So we're just chilling. And next thing I know, this drunk old guy walks up behind me and gets like right on me. And I can just smell the liquor coming out of his pores. Oh one of those guys. <laughs> pores. And That's I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm just ignoring him. Because I'm not, you know, whatever. I just want to get out of there. just want my gift cards and I want to go. And then, so we're waiting and we're waiting. And he walks up and starts putting his stuff on the belt. And I'm just like... Excuse me? Yeah, I'm just ignoring him, though. Because I'm like, he's either so out of it he doesn't see me. Or he doesn't realize he's not supposed to be doing this. But also, all I have are these two cards. So I'm not going to make a fuss about it because I don't need to use the belt anyway. So right. whatever. And as I stand there thinking this, he goes... Oh, are you from here? And I'm like, no. I'm not having it. I'm not about to be annoyed and harassed and hit on by some drunk old fucker. I'm 36 years old. I've been harassed by men my whole shit. life, and I know better at this point. Maybe as a young adult, a 20-something, right? I would have either answered him or just tried to ignore him and get away from him. But at 36, no. No, because I'm ready and willing to swing at this point. <laughs> so I turned to him and I said, you're drunk? And I need you to leave me alone now. And I said it in like basically in that tone, like that, like don't fuck with me tone. And the cashier was like kind of whipped around like, oh, shit. And and I'm trying not to get him involved in this because he's a young black boy and old drunk white fuckers aren't known to be especially nice to them. So I'm trying not to get him involved. And I'm like, just it's fine. Don't worry about it. 
And he goes, oh, what makes you think that I'm drunk? And I'm like, my brother in Christ. smell the alcohol. You smell like you just came out of a vodka bottle. That's how I know you're drunk. <laughs> you okay? smell like you walked out of a vodka bottle. And he goes, maybe I farted. And this quiet young man just goes, no, no, get out. <laughs> he's like, wow. He's like, I can't help you anyway. He's like, I'm waiting on somebody else, and then she's next, so why don't you just go to another line? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I Holy love you. Holy <laughs> shit. Wow. I was like. And he's like a quiet, polite young yeah, man. Yeah, and he, he was, was not happening. He was just like, no. <laughs> he was done. Oh, my. That's funny. That's a good story. God. I don't even, I don't know how the hell that happened. Jaden's right. I do have bad luck. <laughs> I mean, she, she literally said to me, who breaks their leg in the ocean? Okay, like, you know what? That happens me. to a lot of people, actually. Like, okay. Okay. <laughs> After I shared that happening to me, the amount of you people that were like, yeah, a lot of that, happen. <laughs> that happens. Well, Dominic was telling me his one cousin actually broke her femur, oh, wow. which is the strongest bone in your body. But a riptide or whatever caught her and just snapped oh, yeah. her femur. If you, if you get hit. In just the right way, I would assume that. I mean, yeah, what people don't understand how strong water is. That's how there's so many drownings and stuff. People don't get it. They, they don't, don't understand it. the it's, strength it's out that of it your has. Control, yeah. And then even when it looks peaceful on top, it usually is not underneath, underneath the surface. Yeah. And people just don't get it. And it's like, you know, people wanted to like laugh and mock me for having that happen, but guys, I mean, it was me against the entire Atlantic Ocean. Okay. Yeah, true. If Very you expected true. me to come out the winner. You're, You're wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.